I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Tuesday, June 2, 2020, we're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. I'll tell you what, we have a lot of stuff on the docket. I have a lot of notes. We're going to go through all the notes. We're going to do the charts. We're going to talk about the late day push the market had. We're going to talk about both sides of the coin. We're going to be the umpire. We're going to talk about the upside. We're going to talk about where the market fails. We're going to talk about what happens when we get up into those purple lines. And I know they're not purple. They may be magenta. We're also going to go over reading the tape. We'll get to that later. What's the first thing that jumps off the page when we look at this chart? The first thing that jumps off the page at me, and you have to imagine those lines aren't there because the first thing that jumps off when the lines are there is the fact that we're close to the lines. And if you're looking at those lines, it really skews the viewpoint. You're assuming there's going to be resistance at those lines. For the purposes of this, let's just say what's on the chart without the lines. The market's in an uptrend. It's above all the moving averages, and it's running to an important area. So now, obviously, back to the lines. That's one of the reasons they're there. But let's talk about some of the things that converge up near where those lines are, up near that pivot high. What's going on? How about time? How does that play in? What else is going on this week? I'm telling you, there's a lot of shit going on with the market that you need to know about. Something that I discuss quite often, but haven't maybe in quite a while, which is when it feels really, really wrong, it's generally right. And when it feels really, really right, it's generally wrong. So case in point, for many traders of late, it felt really, really wrong to be long the market. We've gone way, way higher than anybody could have anticipated. The market shouldn't be here based on all the things that are going on, and we all know all the things. Yet the market keeps going higher in the face of it shouldn't be up here That's the trade that felt really, really wrong. Yet at the same time, I've been ridiculed in email, underneath the videos on YouTube, for being or at least on the bull case. It's not that I'm a bull, it's the market is bullish, I'm reporting the information to you. All right, so what do we got going on up here? The first thing we have is a garden variety retracement coming up. If you're not familiar with what those are or you're not familiar with how to use those, then they're found in the Lazy E-Mini Trader course along with all the other things that teach you how to read and how to understand the foundation of how the markets work. That's what this is all about. So that's item number one. Item number two is a little more esoteric, but let's go through it anyway. I like that word, esoteric, primarily because it has ass in the front of it. Probably should be behind it. Where am I going with all that? Well, here's the deal. So the market begins the crash, and this is the crash in February of this year. Before the real thrubbing or thrashing began, they trick-trap fooled and frustrated everybody into thinking that this was a bottom, and they rallied back. Okay, 
So now they rally back to a spot that's right here. It's in the general zone. We're not going to say the spot is to the penny. We're going to say the spot is where these pivot highs are here. Right around 313 to 314, generally speaking. Now, why is that meaningful to me? The reason is because the market, once it found an interim bottom and it rallied up to a spot, all we need to know is that the market is telling us as a result of the fact that it was rejected from that spot, that spot is important. So the assumption is, will that spot be important again on the way back up? And my answer to you is, under normal garden variety market conditions, using better than the 80-20 rule, that spot is going to be important. Maybe the market doesn't get to that spot. Maybe it comes up short. Maybe it spikes through a little bit. But under normal garden variety market conditions, somewhere in the vicinity of, let's say, 309 to 314, which I'm aware it's a 50-point spread in S&P terms, but look where we are. In the big scheme of things, it's not that many points. It's a morning or afternoon. And so the assumption, if you want to call it that, is the market's not going to just waltz right through or blow right through that general area. So what do we have? We have that, which was number B. We have the first thing, which was letter A, which was the garden variety retracement. We have time on our side, and that's another element that's found in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. So those traders that have taken the course know that we're coming up into the zone where time is once again on our side. We would be looking for signs and signal of a trend change with what? Time on our side, the garden variety retracement coming up, the important pivot area where the market is telling us that area is important. What else we got? Here's the S&P E-mini futures contract. Well, you'll see here it's at 30.76 and change. How about coming up into another big fat round number of 3,100? So there's that. And what do you have here? That horizontal line that just appeared is at 3,106. Let's talk for a second about what that represents. It represents the high of a breakdown candle. Is that where the market's headed to test the high of this breakdown candle? Maybe so. And then there's something else. Later this week, and I believe it happens after the market closes on Friday evening, is a lunar eclipse. So let's talk about that for a second. I don't want you to look at me like I have three heads or anything, but these events, a full moon lunar eclipse, has a tendency to have an impact on the market. It doesn't have to have a long-standing impact, but it tends to have an impact. So if we're trading up into the eclipse, it would make common sense that we would be looking for signs and signal of a trend change, especially after all the other stuff we just talked about. Now, Let's qualify something for a second. Let's say the turn happens tomorrow, for argument's sake. Remember, we were looking for this to take place somewhere midweek, I believe is what we said in yesterday's video. So let's say that did happen, and let's say the market traded down for two or three days into the eclipse. Would we be looking for a turn back up? We might. How about an acceleration to the downside? We might. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. It's an awareness at this point. Nothing more, nothing less. Not something that we absolutely trade off of. It's something that we have on a sticky note off to the side. All right, now, I gave you a lot. Now you're going to give me some. Here's inside the numbers. What we're going to do is take a look at a pretty well-orchestrated schematic that happened. It was, for the most part, laid out in advance. 
Some additional movements throughout the day were laid out in advance. They took place. And then we'll take a look at Stocks on the Move and see what was going on over there. This was a day where there was something for everybody. It was pretty easy. It was pretty simple. It was painless and profitable. How do you like them apples? Little Granny Smith on the side. So what we're talking about in the pre-market notes is basically they had another opportunity to kill the market overnight and they didn't. They went down. They came back up. And that's telling us something. The market's headed for a destination and has yet to be reached. That's something that we were essentially laying out early in the morning. So let's see what else we got in the pre-market notes. The overnight low is we'll use as a benchmark. The ES made a high of 30.7550 and a low of 30.35. Now, that being said, here's what's on the board pretty darn early, long before the market opened. ES 30.52, give or take, is around the same area as a breakup candle low and a moving average of importance. If the market pays an early visit down there under normal garden variety market conditions, there would be a bull bear battle down there. All right, let's see what else we got. Let's scroll up a little bit. The early thoughts are we'll let them do the early shakeout operation, which is pretty predictable. So already focused on 3052, not being able to get there is bullish. Staying above is bullish. That's what we're going with. Let's move it along. By 940, 3052 was already support. They started bouncing pretty rapidly away from there. Now we're talking about where to take profit. How you doing? Here's the ES contract. So you get a visual. You know the routine. Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. Here's a five-minute chart. Market opens right here. Opening print, 3062 and a quarter. Next five-minute candle comes down. Makes a low at what? 30.51.75, what does it do? It banters around for a little bit, and then what? Takes off to the upside, what's the high? 30.69.50, by what time? 10.35. All right, let's continue moving along. There you go, same deal as before. Profit should be taken in the early 30.60s, then again as they approach 30.70. little presumptuous, but they got there, or close enough at the time. Let's move it along. You see the 10.05 note, there's Myrna. We'll talk about Myrna in a few minutes. Now, 10.21, already pre-planning. We have to think in terms of a mid-morning pivot, a mid-morning high, while the market's headed upward. Let's continue moving along. Now, at this point, everything that was supposed to happen in a perfect world, if you will, kind of happened from a trader perspective in the first hour of the day. So from that perspective, you kind of say thank you very much, and you're not really looking to get in the middle of traffic right away again. You want to book the profit. You want to line your pockets and you want to let that sink in for a while. You don't want to jump into another trade for the sake of being in another trade. That's the trader mentality that you must have when you treat this as a business. You don't look a gift horse in the mouth. They hand you an easy trader too. You take it. You go about your business. Something else will hit you later. Let's move it along. So now we're already talking about the stall out, the mid-morning pivot and all that stuff. Let's go take a look at a chart and see what happened. 1035. There's your mid-morning high, 30.69.50 against taking profits at 30.70. Believe me, sometimes I even shake my head. So now what we'll do is we'll scroll up, I'll stop the video, I'll BS for a couple of seconds, giving you a chance to pause it, read it, start it again. I'm going to scroll again. You can see what was ever said, go back to the charts, see what was going on. We were aware of two things into the end of the day. Either, which is an anything goes scenario. And by the way, check this one out. 125, they start to push higher. Here it is. It's a little early for a big push higher. Might happen, 
but not part of the schematic. 307 and a quarter is resistance if reached anytime soon. Now, here's the SPY chart again. This is the area we're talking about. Here's the afternoon. So this is 205 in the afternoon. They start to get there. They start to push higher, but it was a little early. So what happened? An afternoon shakeout. Let's continue moving along. There you go, 208. Seemed like a little early for the big push higher. And so now, on the way down, we have to focus on where the support area is. And that was basically going out, saying no when to fold them. And you could see it was that kind of day where you kind of have to know when to fold them. I didn't want to make too many more here's what's going to happen type predictions because eventually you're going to be wrong. And I figured, let's go out on a high note today. Don't make an error on the last play of the game. Stocks on the move. We only had four opportunities on the board. And the stocks were floating around near the opening bell. And when stocks are floating and we're in a floating type of market, and that's what we're in. We're in a floating, grinding, chop shop market. There's no conviction moves one way or the other except what seems like early in the morning and maybe late in the day. But in the middle, there's really no conviction whatsoever and there's very little conviction going into the day. There's not a lot of stocks moving. That will change, obviously. We take what the market gives us. So what did we have on the board today? We had only one stock that came into its price target. It was Myrna. Most of you are familiar with Myrna. Entry number one, 57.96. Entry number two, 55.99. All things considered and the type of volatility that Myrna has, those are relatively close together. You should be buying half at one, half at another if provided the opportunity. Gives you an average price of $56.98. And let's review Moderna. Yes, I called it Myrna. This is one of those vaccine deals. Stock closed yesterday at 62.18, getting a haircut pre-market. So it made the board. So as we know, when two numbers are relatively close together, I could make a case it could stop at the first one or go right to the second. So we don't really know. So I'm willing to buy half at one, half at another, and you can see the result. But look at the importance of 57.96, or we'll just call it $58 for argument's sake, had anyway, the market spent the majority of the day, or at least half the day, trading right in and around that number before breaking to the upside and putting in another bullish flaggish type of pattern. Here's a 15-minute chart. Here's the best part about that. Regardless of whether you took the trade in the morning or not, when you saw this, if you've taken the Lazy E-Mini Trader course, you knew two things. You knew what this was setting up to do, and you knew where you were wrong if in the trade enabling yourself to lose small and fast If you had to lose at all, if it turned around and went the other way, you knew where you were wrong. That's three quarters of the battle. How do you know that? It's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. So this is what I meant. You see where we were a buyer of the market, the SPY or the ES or the S&P 500, however traders wanted to trade it. We were a buyer down in the area they were supposed to find support. And then Moderna did what it was supposed to do, and it gave the deal. Just for fun, let's put a number or two to Moderna, just for illustration purposes. Let's say you did the thing you were supposed to do. You painted by numbers. $56.98 was the average cost. There you go. Blue line, $56.98 is cost. Let's say you continued to paint by numbers, and you took profit around 1%, which is what I recommend. Half 
profit, meaning half the position off profit in your pocket. What does that make the trade? It makes it, for the most part, a risk-free, emotionless trade going forward. So where did Moderna go? It went basically to 60 bucks, 59.95 plus shipping and handling. So for rounding purposes, from entry to the end of the day ramp, finishing basically near the highs, that's three bucks. Nobody's going to get all three dollars. I get all that. So let's just put a number to it. Let's say you got an average of a dollar and a quarter for argument's sake. One percent on the first portion and more on the second, an average of a dollar and a quarter. And I will tell you, that's realistic and conservative. Think about it. On the second half of the position, you didn't have to sell the stock. So now we bring over the trusty simpleton calculator and you run some numbers. What if I had 100 shares? What would that equal? Buck and a quarter, $125 profit. What if I had 200 shares? And you see how it works. You can adjust it to anywhere you want. Every trader is different. 100 shares means that your total investment, if you want to call it that, you're not really making an investment. It's a trade. Your exposure in total of capital is 5700 bucks. What are most traders doing that have a day trading account? And what's a day trading account constitute? It constitute a minimum of $25,000 in an account that's designated as a pattern day trader. That gives you four to one leverage. So if you had 50 in the account or 30 or whatever, you multiply by four, that's your buying power intraday. What's the average trader taking? Maybe 500 shares, maybe 1,000. And understand that there's no intention of holding it overnight. In fact, we would like to be gone in a minute or two. But if you have to hold because the market is grinding or this stock is grinding higher, that's okay. We'll sell it towards the end of the day. That's one trade. What about the SPY trade or whatever vehicle you may have used early in the morning? You have to add that to this. 625 plus whatever, nice day. Nobody has to make five or 10,000 a day. I'm telling you, this is a base hit and doubles business and you wind up in the Hall of Fame. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Remember what we discussed yesterday. Closing back inside of this big breakdown candle will create a scenario where the IWM wants to climb up to the top or closer to the top or upper portion of said breakup candle. Or breakdown candle if you're not standing on your head. Or colorblind like I am. It is a breakdown candle. So that's what they're doing. And by the way, we don't need this anymore. They've already filled the gap. They've come down. They're going back up. That gap is non-existent. It's already been done. Did they have one of those recock the gun things where they come down a little bit, recock the gun, go up into the moving average, the 200 period moving average, and the same general area that we just discussed in the SPY, which is where the market rallied up to and then really failed. So that area up here has to be important. To the penny, we don't know, but that general zone up here has to be important. What's going on down in the transportation department? Same routine. Canary in the coal mine, they're already, after recocking the gun just a little bit, not much of a pullback, just a little bit, what'd they do? Go down to fill the gap, stayed up in this range where they were hovering underneath the 100 period moving average, Look where they are. Already testing the top of the breakdown candle. So they're ahead of the IWM. Why do I compare the two? I'm not really comparing as much as I am mentioning because they're both leading indicators as far as I'm concerned. A number one is the IWM. A number two is the transports. But the transports are A number one canary in the coal mine. 
If I had my druthers, where are they headed all the way up to? 9440. Can they get all the way there on this run? I don't know. Since it's all the same market, I don't need to know. I'm really going to take my cues off of the S&P 500. What are we looking for in the S&P 500? We're looking for signs and signal of a trend change. We're looking for an intraday reversal, a gap in crap, some other sign and signal of a trend change. These are all discussed and taught Again, in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. The reason why we don't need to know specifically in this market is because they're all going to be trading and trending together. They don't all trade to the same magnitude at the same time, but it's all the same market. They're all going in the same direction for the most part. You know the story with the Qs, the folks out in Silicon Valley. Anything wrong here? Absolutely not. Where are we going? We're going to challenge this double top, which is all-time highs. We're basically there. We're not at the all-time high. What is the high? The high in the queues was 237.47. Pretty remarkable move. And we've been discussing this every single day. There was nothing wrong with this market. You have to take the market at face value. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's a duck until and unless you find out it wasn't a duck, they screwed you over, it was the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. We use the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, it's just going to be a duck. The queues were a duck. The entire time. The XLF looks like all the rest. It looks like the transports. It looks like the IWM. It looks like it's climbing up toward the top of the breakdown candle. How about Smash Mouth? Breaking to the upside. A leading indicator of the tech space. Up almost 3% today. Is this telling you things are bearish? No, it's telling you things are bullish. And by the way, I know early on I said we were going to look at both sides of the coin, be the umpire. So let's go back to the SPY. Here's an hourly chart. So here's what you can put in your back pocket in case we wake up to a gap down in the morning. So we have the breakout above these former highs. So if the market is coming back in below this former or most recent breakout, up candle the low happens to be 306 what's the exact number 30619 so close hourly below or open below 306 we'll just call it for rounding purposes 306 and that's the first signal there's going to be trouble the next one is 305 and you can take a cue from the stuff that was written in the commentary from inside the notes today because those same numbers will apply something is drawing the market like a magnet or being magnetic drawing the market in you take it at face value that's the duck don't fight the duck if i told you how much i appreciate each and every one of you without you these videos are not possible true accurate information that's everything i really wanted to and intended to discuss today so we'll pull the ripcord here i'm david frost my strategic forecast thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.